0: Hello, this is Nigda from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 5th of September. The Supreme Court rejected Chidambaram's bail plea in relation to the INX media scam earlier this morning. The case was filed by the Enforcement Directorate claiming that it had sufficient proof against him too and I quote, show that laundering of money continued after 2009 and even today, unquote. The bench comprising of Justice R. Bhanumati and A.S. Bopanna held that the issuance of an anticipatory bail in such an economic offence has to be an exception while investigations are going on. They emphasised that this was not a fit case to grant anticipatory bail as a bail could be used against the case to tamper with evidence and hinder the proceedings of the investigation. By the end of the day, the former union minister will either be sent to Tihar Jail or a police lockup in Delhi. Chidamram, however, did manage to get a pre-arrest bail in the 3,500 crore airsil maxis deal. The Supreme Court has said today that Mehbooba Mufti's daughter will be allowed to meet her in Kashmir. In her petition, Sana Ilteja Javid, Mehbooba Mufti's daughter, had said she was worried about her mother's health since she had not met her for a month. Mehbooba Mufti, a former Jammu and Kashmir chief minister, was arrested along with hundreds of other politicians on August 4th as a measure to prevent any trouble or protests over the government's decision in Kashmir. Chief Justice of India Ranjan Gogoi asked the centre's lawyer, Solicitor General Tushar Mehta, and I quote, Will you be standing in the way of this woman meeting her mother? The Solicitor General replied with a no. The Apex Court, however, said that Sana was only allowed to meet her mother and that her liberty to move around in Kashmir would depend on the local authorities. A rape case has been filed against Surajit Ganguly, the chief coach of Goa State Swimming Team. His contract was terminated after photos and a video of him allegedly molesting a minor girl surfaced online. Union Sports Minister Kiran Rijiju has promised strict action against him. In a tweet, Rijiju said, and I quote, A stringent action will be taken through sports authority. Firstly, it's a heinous crime of a serious nature, so I'll urge the police to take stringent penal action against the coach urgently. Unquote. He also asked the Swimming Federation of India to ensure that the coach is not employed anywhere in the country. 333 Pakistani Twitter accounts have been suspended for writing on Kashmir after the abrogation of Article 370. The handles were suspended by Twitter following the objection of Indian authorities in view of false and provocative content being disseminated through these accounts. The Pakistani Telecommunication Authority or the PTA raised the issue of suspension of tweets and blocking of Twitter accounts with the Twitter administration on Wednesday. The PTA has termed the Twitter administration's approach as biased. According to the statement issued by the regulator, it has also requested Pakistani social media users to report any Twitter account suspension on the pretext of posting Kashmir content to the PTA. The PTA has already received 333 such complaints which were sent then to Twitter to be restored. However, only 67 accounts were restored. They also said that Twitter has not responded officially nor given any reason for their decision. Facebook too is making headlines today for all the wrong reasons. A security researcher has discovered databases containing more than 419 million records tied to Facebook accounts. It appears that the data, which includes phone numbers and Facebook IDs, and in some cases users' names, genders and countries, was lifted off from the platform. However, what's not clear is who pulled that information from Facebook and why. The dataset included 133 million records on Facebook users in the US, 18 million on people in the UK, and 50 million on users in Vietnam. The researcher, Sanyam Jain, found the databases on an exposed server that wasn't protected with a password. He even found phone numbers linked to several celebrities. Facebook claims that the data is old and appears to have been obtained before the company made changes last year to remove people's ability to find others using phone numbers. Given that people don't change their phone numbers very often, Facebook's claim makes little sense. In May this year, data for 49 million Instagram users was leaked as well. And like that was not enough, there is another extremely concerning news about Google and YouTube. So Google has been fined for $170 million for breaching the law and illegally collecting personal data of children from YouTube. This directly violates the Children's Online Privacy Protection Law. According to reports, YouTube was involved in collecting data from children aged 13 years and below. The data included but was not limited to identification codes used to track web browsing without their parents' permission. Google has agreed to pay the fine and make the required changes in their privacy policies after reaching an agreement with the US Federal Trade Commission and the New York Attorney General. YouTube Chief Susan Wojcicki has also reportedly said that they are contemplating major changes in their policies of privacy and protection of underage users. However, a number of critics and children's rights activists are of the view that imposing this fine on the world's largest company is just not enough, especially when these were the ground rules that they should have already been complying with. Jeffrey Chester, executive director of the Center of Digital Democracy, told the New York Times, and I quote, It is the equivalent of a cop pulling somebody over for speeding at 110 miles an hour and them getting off with a warning. Unquote. What kind of a world are we even living in? If the biggest companies in the world cannot guarantee protection to their users, who can? Afghanistan witnessed its second terrorist attack of the week this morning. A blast occurred in the diplomatic area of Darak that houses the US Embassy. Home to the National Directorate of Security and the Afghan Intelligence Service, it is a heavily protected area. According to reports, a car bomb exploded on the main road and the police is taking charge, sealing the area and managing the casualties. As many as 30 people have been wounded and three are already dead. The Taliban has claimed responsibility for the attack. Now for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. Do read Ayush's brilliant report about his time working with journalists in Kashmir. Also, in case you're confused about what's going on with the country's GDP, read Magnan's piece where he breaks it down for you with the help of a bengen. I mean brinjal. I'm serious. As funny as that sounds, you'll definitely feel better informed after reading it. I can guarantee. We at News Laundry want to bring you details of ownership patterns in big news houses so you know where your news is coming from. To help us dig deep into the business of news in India, we need your support. Contribute to News Laundry Sena's Who Owns Your Media Project. Go to sena and find the Who Owns Your Media Project. Select your News Laundry Sena membership level and click on Add and then proceed to payment. If you face any issues while paying on the website, you can also send us money via PayPal at paypal.me slash newslaundry. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.